Can you... Oh merde, j'ai commencé. No, what? <laughs> It, this is your podcast, Marv. You have to own your podcast. Hello guys, how have you been? I hope everyone is doing well. I hope you all had a nice day, a nice week, a nice whatever. <laughs> I hope you guys are, you know, hope you're staying safe, staying healthy. Uh, the second wave is hitting pretty hard right now as I'm recording this. Um, so I hope it's gonna go down by the time this episode is out. But... I really don't know, let's just hope for the best. Sweet little Rona has overstayed her time with us. <laughs> um, I hope you guys are taking your precautions if you're going to be traveling back home for the holidays. I know Christmas is coming up soon and a lot of people are going to want to spend the holiday with their families, which is completely understandable. I miss my family so much, it makes me so sad because um, the borders, the Algerian borders are closed so we can't go out and they can't come in um, so it's a bit sad let's just hope that things will get better soon I really hope so now enough about sweet little Rona <laughs> I just love calling it that way makes it a bit um, makes it a bit less scary if that makes sense talking about Christmas. Our topic for the day is going to be related to that. Um, it is a topic that I was actually quite adamant about at first. I didn't really want to go there, did not really want to discuss it because of how sensitive it is and how defensive of it people get. It's, it's a bit weird, but then I was like, no, 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 madam. No, this is exactly why you need to talk about it, because my aim through this podcast is to truly have a safe sharing space. I want to be able to talk about everything and anything without any fear of judgment, stigma, prejudice. I just want none of that, and I want to be able to discuss things without having to censor myself or be afraid or whatever, because, you know, <laughs> and so today we are going to be talking about faith and beliefs and religion and spirituality. Um, I'm very excited about this episode. I always say this, but it's it's just the case to talk about this today. I have I have someone who's on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> 
no, but for real, we have quite a lot of different opinions. We also share a lot of similar ideas. So this conversation is definitely going to be interesting to, to say the least. <laughs> Enjoy. Hey, Tudon, welcome to the podcast. Hi, happy to be here. You know, I just realized something. Um, you're the first boy to ever have your own episode. How do you oh, feel about really? that? It's a privilege. It's an honor. Really. <laughs> it's cool. Because the only, like, two or three other boys, I don't even remember, they, like, talked for two minutes in the intro episode. And I just realized that I need to rethink my ratio, maybe have more boys on the podcast. More diversity, yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> so. Um, but I, think, I think we have a good conversation today. Um, as you said, it's a little bit uh, sensitive, but we can probably talk about it in a way where it's not like a, um, like it's not combative, it's like a, an argument, more like a, a nice discussion. I think it'll be cool. Yeah, a common ground that is just very mm -hmm. yeah. neutral and accepting yeah. and tolerant. So let's do this. I think before we really start talking about, you know, faith and belief and spirituality, I think it'd be interesting to see how you would define these words. So what is faith for you? So faith is hard for me to describe because it's not something that I've ever experienced, I would say. Um, I was actually going to ask you the question because <laughs> faith is something that every time I ask a religious person what um, they feel when they talk about faith, they always have a different answer. It feels like a very personal thing. Would you agree with that? Definitely the definition that you find in the dictionary is not really going to be applicable to everyone. But if I were to think about what faith means to me as, you know, as an individual, as a Muslim, I would say it's the, um, it's almost like this strong belief that you have that there is someone there that is taking care of you, that has your back and that's almost just looking over you and protecting you in some sort. And so I think that when I say that I have faith in God, it does really make me think of like trust and, you know, acceptance. Yeah, yeah I feel like you're describing feelings of love and trust. Um, <laughs> and this is something that I can also in a way relate to. I mean, I think we all have this feeling. Mm -hmm. I just don't associate that to faith. Usually, I just associate it associate that to um, right, like a intimate relationship with my friends and family. But I think the difference here is you're talking about this feeling coming from a higher power. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're saying? Do yeah. you think the higher power is the source of love and trust and all these uh, positive emotions? Well, yeah, for me, I feel like it definitely does bring me a sense of tranquility. I just feel very at peace knowing that, you know? How does it feel for you when you don't really have that higher power figure in your life? 
Yeah, so um, it's a little strange because, I mean, first of all, um, you introduced me as like kind of an atheist. I, I don't know if I can really say I'm an atheist in the sense that atheist implies that you know for 100%, you're 100% sure of the fact that there's no God, right? Mm -hmm. It's an active non-belief in a way. Mm -hmm. And um, the way I feel it is, I'm, it's more like I, I don't know. And I think it's a, it's a position that requires a little bit of like humility to be able to just say, hey, I don't know. Um, I used to think, I used to be really like the parody of the edgy, edgy atheist, like always going around criticizing everything. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's how I was in high school. And I think I changed in a way that I realized, first of all, that um, you do not have this belief uh, for no reason. Right? I mean, you too have doubts and have... Um, Uh, had a, a struggle coming to to this conclusion, right? I, I imagine right? it's yep. not just something that has that you've accepted and not tried to uh, ever question. Mm -hmm. um, and so, the way I see it is, I'm open to the possibility of there being a God. I don't really like the term agnostic because agnostic is basically doesn't take in consideration the probability. Meaning, that I do think it's important to, you know, uh, question. Okay, how much, how, how like how probable is it that there's a god? How probable is it that there's no god? I'm even considering the fact that maybe we're in a simulation, or you know, <laughs> I mean, everything is possible to me, and I think it's a little bit liberating in a way mm -hmm. um, to start with a blank page and to say, okay. Now I can choose whatever I want. Now I can look at everything yeah. in a neutral way, mm -hmm. um, objectively. So this is how I'm, uh, this is my current mindset now, I would say, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, I think it's interesting that the two of us are having this conversation because I was born into my religion um, mm -hmm. and I got to, you know, go through this journey of, discovering it and trying to truly educate myself on it by myself, not just rely on what my parents taught me and what I learned from other people. You know, I just really had to look inside and rethink my entire relationship with religion. And I think doubt is very healthy because you can't just like accept something that's, you know, that's just normal you can't just accept anything that comes your way and especially when you're born into a religion that is so strongly connected to your culture as well it's very important to put everything in perspective and rethink it and you know just look at things objectively and when i did that uh, i think i've been doing it right now I'm, I'm, i feel very secure in my own religion um, and in my faith, but as a teenager, I had a lot of doubts and taking that step of doing research and asking myself questions was the best thing I could have done because it made me feel even more secure in my religion today because I knew the reason behind what I, why I did what I did and why is this this way and why is that that way? 
and that really really helped me so you know i would say that being doubtful and questioning things is a very healthy thing to do but sometimes it's very hard as well especially if it's anchored in your culture as i mentioned and in your society so according to you how hard would you say it is to, to like discuss these topics right so you have um, when you're discussing religion, I mean, I've always been interested in the topic. Um, and I tend, I, I had the tendency, as I just said, back in school, middle school, to be a little bit aggressive about it. <laughs> and I regret that. Um, the, the thing is, discussing these topics, um, re religion is something that um, really has a it really narrates your whole life in a way, in the sense that it is part of your identity. It's part of, um, it changes uh, the way you see death, life. It changes everything. It's very strongly rooted in your identity. And so to question someone's religion is to sort of question their person in a way. And so it's not easy to discuss this topic. It's like, it's very similar to politics because <laughs> by questioning someone's religion or questioning someone's politics, you're questioning your morals, your ethics, you know, and these are not things that are um, very easy to discuss, right? These are very serious issues. Um, I do think it's unfortunate, though, that we don't have this discussion more often because, I mean, this is proof that we can have very different uh, approaches and still find common ground and even if we don't find common ground to still sort of understand where the person's coming from mm -hmm. um it's not that hard to do it i think there's just this whole taboo around it that oh as soon as you talk about religion don't talk about religion it's too um it's too sensitive it's too controversial why does it need to be that way i don't know it's 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 strange to me why it's that way you know i think it's because people take it very personally as you said um yeah. You know, it is something that is very connected to your entire life. I wouldn't say it dictates the way your life goes, or more like it puts guidelines in a way to help yeah. you navigate your way through life. But it definitely does change your perspective on a lot of things, such as life and death. Um, and so I think when you talk about it with people, especially when you're from a different opinion, they directly go on defensive mode. Like, how dare yeah. you question those things that are so deeply anchored in my identity because those are you know the belief that i live by and i think you know i would honestly even thank you for i wouldn't say you were really aggressive in high school about religion you just had a lot of questions <laughs> a lot of questions and so that also made me question a lot of things because you know as an insider, entre guillemets, um, there are a lot of things that I just took for granted. Oh, that's just, you know, that's just how it is. And then you came and you were like, why is this that? And why, and why, and why, 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 how? So many questions. <laughs> and, you know, having these conversations with you and other people really did open up my mind to so many other things and also made me see religion from a different point of view. It's almost like, you know, it would, it kind of became something that I truly believed in for myself. 
you know, not because it's the religion I was born in or because it's, you know, because of circumstances, just because it was something that I really believed in. And I managed to do that by having these conversations and by getting out of my comfort zone and sometimes facing really hard questions that I didn't have an answer to. And so I had to do some research, find an answer and really decide if I liked that answer or not. And if I wanted to live by it in the future. And, and if anything, um, I think doubt, as you said, just solidifies your own opinion. So mm -hmm. either, I mean, it's a win-win situation. Mm -hmm. Either you just solidify your own opinion um, or you, you know, shift in one direction. Right? This, these are both win-win situations because in any case, um, you're making progress. Right? Mm -hmm. As I said, I think religion is a very, um, um, is, is, I think your environment changes a lot of things. You can tend to be um, like an echo chamber where everyone agrees with you. Mm -hmm. um, everyone you're talking to has the same opinion. And so you um, you don't have that strong of an opinion, actually. You just keep hearing the same ones over and over again. So you think that this is what everyone believes. Right? Yeah. And I remember when I arrived in Dubai, the reason why I was asking you so many questions is because I had never been really in a Muslim, Muslim country before. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was like a very... Uh, different environment and I was interested in knowing what why people believed in these things what they believed in and um, I think we should always strive to you know this is why conversation is so fun this is why podcasts are you know are so fun yeah. I think the interesting thing in Dubai as well is that you know just if we look at our group of friends or like our class mm. we had like four different religions or like three different religions atheists people who were just confused uh people who left their own <laughs> religions <laughs> and so we had so many study cases and it was really interesting to have those conversations do you remember the day um we were supposed to have literature class and we just ended up debating about religion during the entire hour yeah yeah i remember that yeah, I think it was in the beginning. I think Esteban was extremely um, aggressive. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, it was very funny. Yeah. Actually, we've been talking about, you know, religion and spirituality since earlier. Mm -hmm. Some people would say that it's the same thing. They can be used interchangeably. Others would say it's completely different things. Where do you stand mm -hmm. on that? Uh, I think it's a completely different thing, but I don't like the term spirituality. Um, I, I would, I, I am very interested in spirituality, but not maybe the spirituality that you would expect. I do think the term spirituality has like this, um, you know, mystic magic kind of quality to it, which I don't like because mm -hmm. as you know, I'm kind of a science person. more to rationality. Um, I'm very interested in spirituality in the sense of um, practices like meditation or reading or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, coming to a new um, consciousness, trying to understand your brain. Um, right now I'm really interested in Buddhism, um, but not the religious part of Buddhism, more like the mm -hmm. inside meditation of it and like the, the part where you really try to 
lose a sense of self and you try to understand um, your brain. And I think this is something that is um, that religion has always uh, tried to talk about also. That's, mm -hmm. I will say, a very positive um, aspect of religion. Right? Mm -hmm. So what about you? Where do you, do you put these two things together? Well, you know, as you mentioned, there is something about spirituality that really makes you feel connected to yourself, makes you feel connected yeah. to your environment personally makes me feel more aware of my surroundings, more aware of my feelings, everything that's going on around me. And I achieve that through religion, meaning that I feel more secure in myself. I feel more aware of my surroundings and of everything that's happening. Just like more aware of the fact that I'm just a little tiny human on a huge world with so many things happening and so many things beyond my control and I'm just part of something bigger than me. I feel all of this through my religious practices but at the same time you know religion is way more organized I would say because it's a set of beliefs and institutions and in a way it's a bit more organized than just feeling tethered and feeling spiritual. But I personally would say that I achieve one through the other. And like right. they complement each other almost. I mean, I think you're right. I think in a way, um, prayer, although I have never prayed, but I think um, it must be very similar meditation in a way, mm -hmm. right? Trying to channel... Um, your energy into one specific, um, to one specific destination, whether it be to be grateful of um, your surroundings and your family, to uh, ask for something, to you know, um, to try to find the strength to um, be able to uh, go past uh, hardships. I think all of these things are you can do in meditation, um, but you also find in religion in a way. Um, and so I, I think it, it, it is interesting that um, because nowadays we say more and more that meditation is um, important, even yeah. they try to uh, put it in schools and everything. Mm -hmm. um, in a way, it, maybe that's a reaction to this loss of um, religion, right, that we find in the West. Maybe this is like, mm -hmm. maybe they've started to realize that prayer actually had some benefits in a sense, you know what I mean? interesting i never really connected the two but it's really interesting that you just said that it is very possible i actually had um, a conversation with a friend we were mentioned we were talking about religion and spirituality and i used the world you know spiritual i just use them interchangeably because for me you know they're they're really strongly connected so i just use them interchangeably and for her she was like no, 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 <laughs> no, no, two different things uh, because, you know, she doesn't relate to, re to religion at all. For her, it's more just like institutions, going to church, abiding by these rules you need to live by. It was just something that was not working for her. She felt it as more of an oppressive thing, but, you know, it was the complete opposite for me. And so for her, religion, and spirituality were on two opposite spectrums. 
she was very spiritual. She loves meditating. She loves doing all of these practices, but then she doesn't associate them to religion. So it might be, you know, for that, that more people are interested in spirituality and spiritual practices. It's really interesting. Uh, yeah, and, and I think um, I, I would agree with her. I think, um, as I said, I mean, I, I, I don't think religion has only bad effects, mm-hmm. only disadvantages. I do um, dislike this sort of, um, yeah, as you said, the institution, the fact that I have to, um, I have to accept certain things without questioning them. All of these things I, when doing meditation or when talking about spirituality, these things don't ever come up, right? Spirituality is just the practice of uh, being spiritual. And so I, I do find a distinction there. I think religion has some spirituality in it, but it has so much more. And this is, this is the, the what it becomes more, right? Is, is what I can't really uh, accept so far, at least. Yeah, this is what I have trouble with. Yeah, I think you have trouble with, and you know, I don't, you just said, you know, ac- accepting things without questioning them. You can question them. You've been questioning everything and everyone, you know, questions everything about their life at some point. And as we mentioned, questioning things is very healthy. Um, And so it's not just something that you need to accept and not question ever in your life, because at the end of the day, you have your own free will and you can act according to that. Um, I think that whatever we choose to follow whether it is a specific religion or you know a set of practical of um spiritual practices it's up to you whether you you want to you know follow it or not and that changes there are ups and downs and that's completely normal so don't put too much pressure on yourself with, with that. <laughs> yeah i had i had a question actually regarding um sort of similar thing mm-hmm. We were talking about faith earlier um, mm-hmm. and how you connected to God through um, prayer and this was the way you felt it. It was through a, right, a, a feeling of love and trust, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, and this is deliberate, deliberately a little provocative. I can't be, I can't be teeth one without being, you know, a little bit <laughs> provocative. When you, um, when another, when a person of another religion mm-hmm. tells you about their faith, how do you interpret that? What do you think they feel, and what is it? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? How do I interpret that? So, when I was, um, okay, let's say I was a Hindu, right? Okay. And I did that when I prayed to Vishnu or Krishna or one of their mm-hmm. gods, I felt a feeling of guidance and bliss and love. I mean, a lot of people, I'm sure you've talked to people from other religions that have told you that they have similar feelings, right? Regarding faith. Mm -hmm. How do you interpret that? What is that to you? Do you think that is, um, like, how would you, as a Muslim, how do you think this relates to what you feel? Well, I've had these conversations a lot with other people, especially since, um, you know, as a kid growing up, I was in a very atheist slash 
Christian environment, like half of the population was atheist. The other half was Christian because we were in Congo. And so Muslims were a minority. And I constantly had, you know, these, these conversations, um, even as a kid, because we didn't really, un you know, as a kid, you don't really understand the concept of religion. You don't really understand that there are so many religions out there and that each one is free to follow whatever they want. Um, and so I, I had this conversation with my best friend who was Christian. And so she went to church every Sunday. We went to the mosque for, on Fridays. Um, and we were just like confused, you know, because we, we were like six or seven. And we were like, how is it? Why is it? How is it different? Like, that is very like, how come, you know? And we just started comparing in a way um, our practices, the things we believe in, the um, things we try to live by, the values we try to uphold. And we realized that they were extremely similar. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially in Abrahamic religions, it's like yeah. almost everything is very similar. The differences are a bit slight. And so, you know, it was confusing, but I learned very quickly to just accept diversity and tolerate it from a place of love and more be curious about it. You know, like right now, um, as a young adult, if I, when I meet someone from a different religion, I don't have that reaction of like, oh, it's different. No, <laughs> oh, oh, it's different, interesting. I want, I'm curious about it. I want to know more about it. I want to understand more because you know as you said the feelings that we get out of it are very are very very similar and i'm very curious as to how come so many different religions get to kind of make people feel the same way and i think it's really interesting um so yeah i don't know if i'm answering your question or not <laughs> no no no. You, you did you did i think uh, you brought up a good point there where you were talking about how um, children are exposed to religion, right? Yes. Through most of the time, their environment, their parents. Mm -hmm. um, and it is very confusing when you start off. I mean, I, I remember thinking uh, that I had to choose a religion. Um, oh. like, like, a, like a Pokemon or something. I mean, you know, <laughs> like, really. Um, I remember it was in second grade the first time I ever learned about religion because I moved to Korea mm -hmm. from France. And in France, um, I mean, people don't really talk about religion, right? My parents really have never even mentioned it. They don't really, yeah, they don't care about religion at all. Um, and so when I arrived in Korea, it was a missionary school, actually. And in Korea, um, there weren't that many foreigners back when I was there. Um, but they, the government had obliged a certain number of international schools to have what they would call oasis classes, which were classes for um, where there was no religion, religious education, right? Mm -hmm. um, and what I mean by religious education is uh, biblical teachings, right? Mm -hmm. It was only missionary school. Mm -hmm. And so it was a very fun environment, actually, just like you, very diverse, because I was friends with then the Saudi Arabians, the Indians, uh, the Korean the Buddhists, mm -hmm. um, and the Europeans. So it was a very fun class. but. I remember feeling the sense of why am I different from the people 
we're in the same hallway, right? Yeah. But we're in a different class just because of our parents' religion. Mm -hmm. And in a way that maybe um, contributed to um, my negative reaction towards religion at first, because my first reaction was, wow, this is divisive and yeah. not um, constructive, you know, in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so I remember having to choose a religion like it was choosing a starter <laughs> Pokemon, really. And so since my best friend was Buddhist, I, I and, and my mom shaved my head because uh, she didn't want me to bring, she didn't want, she didn't want me to go to the hairdresser and then I just told everyone I was a Buddhist. <laughs> it's funny because I've gone back to um, thinking Buddhism is like the most attractive religion. And so it's gone full circle in a way. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, this is hilarious. It's actually really, really interesting. Um, you know, this just made me feel very thankful for the fact that I never really spoke about religion at school. Like for me, school has always been a place of education and never really a place of religion. So even though I did feel a bit confused as to why my religion was so different, from everyone, um, it never really physically separated us. So, yeah, that just made me feel very, very thankful. Mijuku, <laughs> um, <clears throat> it is true that, you know, I might be going on a side note, but governments and schools and adults really should be cautious about how they introduce religion to a child because that can affect their perception of it for a very long time. And so I think I can see from what you just said that you were introduced to it from kind of like a negative place, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm. And for me, I don't really, I think it was very neutral because I just grew up in it. Um, it was, it's the way my parents brought me up as a child in a very loving environment, in a very constructive environment that was strongly based on our faith and they would always mention it and so for me i as associated that very positive and beautiful part of my life where you know i just grew up as a child um had my childhood for me all of these positive things were associated to religion because it was like oh you have to be kind because our religion our religion teaches us to be kind. You have to respect people because, you know, it is something that we live by. And it was all of these very beautiful things that I lived by. Um, so for me, as a child, apart from just like being confused as to why is something very similar being called two different things uh, or like two or three different things, um, but yeah, it was never really that, oh, you're from a different religion, so we physically are separated or we can't talk or we can't have these conversations. Um, so yeah, that's really, really interesting to see how yeah, you, you're how absolutely right how, yeah, how the environment is, um, it's very hard to shake off, actually, um, a negative feeling for a religion at first. So for example, the as I said, the first my first experience was pretty negative because um, I remember um, my mom picking me up from school and people from other from the non awake classes so the non uh, the, the religious classes would actually ask my mom 
um, why I wasn't religious, why she was, she, they would sort of like harass her saying, hey, why are you going to make him go to hell? I mean, oh. these are things when you're in second grade, um, that's sort of hard to swallow, right? I mean, this is not, uh, and, I, and I understand that this is not at all what most religious people um, are like. Is that when you have this first experience as um, a child, you sort of have a very negative point of view towards religion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially at school, they were constantly trying to, um, even though we were in the Oasis class, they were constantly trying to um, bring Christianity into our education. <laughs> like, for example, what a coincidence, the book we read in second grade was the Chronicles of Narnia, right? Which is yeah. the story of Jesus. Oh, so yeah, so it was many things like that. That what's that? The Chronicles of Narnia, of Narnia is the story of Jesus. Of course, yeah, it's written by Lewis, which is like a famous theologian, and um, I, actually, the line has like a, a resurrection. Remember the line on his tomb, resurrects. Yeah, but I never really made the connection. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's pretty crazy, but um, I, I didn't either make the connection until. Like, I think I was in middle school and I realized, wow, they were trying to indoctrinate me <laughs> in second grade. Um, and I know that most religious people aren't like that at all. Yeah. I'm just saying that, as you said, the first contact you have with religion can either be negative or positive. Um, and actually, actually, I wanted to, uh, if you want to go on this tangent, um, mm-hmm. we wanted to maybe discuss how we would talk about this to our children. Oh, interesting. How do you think, um, how do you think you will talk to religion, um, talk about religion to your children? How do you think? Um, okay, before I answer that, I just want to go back to your mom being harassed because she wasn't religious. My mom wore the headscarf and so she really stood out in the crowd and it was the opposite. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. are you religious? I can imagine. <laughs> like, um, and so, how would I teach my children about religion? Honestly, um, I think I would do it the way my parents did it for me, as in let them know it's there, you know, educate them about it, let make them understand what religion is, what it stands for. Um, I think naturally, as I was brought up by the by these values, um, instinctively, I may just like, you know, give them the same values um, that were, you know, derived from the religion for us. Et coup, yeah, I think I will just like make them aware of it, make them know what it is, educate them on it, but never really force it as in, this is who you are, this is what you have to do, you know, because my parents never did that to me. They They just... They gave us everything we needed. And at the end of the day, it's up to you. It's up to you if you want to pray. It's up to you if you want to fast and if you want to wear a hijab and if you want to do this and that. And, you know, when you take the decision by yourself, um, you're more likely to stick to it because you made the decision because you're convinced by it. And so, yeah, I think I think I'll take the same approach and just let them know it's there, but just give them the freedom to choose. And I think giving freedom to children is really important because it gives them that healthy space to breathe and to question and to be critical about things, not just accept anything that comes their way. 
And so, you know, they'll embrace it when they feel ready, uh, just the way I did. It was always there in my life, but I truly embraced it when I felt ready and when I felt convinced and when I just felt secure in it. So I think I'll want the same thing for my children. How about you? Yeah, I mean, again, this proves that we have in common. Um, it's the same way, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would really think, I, I do think letting your children discover um, discover things will only, can only lead to, um, it can only be beneficial for them, right? Because as you said, it makes their opinions their opinions, not mm-hmm. just your parents' opinions. You know? And I think that's the best way to, to look at it. I remember you telling me the story of how you um, first started wearing the hijab, and I thought that was a really touching story. I don't know if you want to tell or not. But, um, um, yeah, sure. Okay, long story short, um, it was not planned, not planned at all. It was um, during Ramadan, which is, you know, we have one month in our Islamic calendar where we fast. And so after we break the fast, we have a prayer with everyone. It's called the Tarawih. And so I went there, you know, with my parents because we just used to go as a family. And, you know, the, the nice thing in Dubai is that they have all of these amazing imams who come and pray uh, during Ramadan. And so that day we prayed um, with the imam that usually prays at Alamik. Um And it's like my grandma's favorite imam. And I don't know, I just went out of it feeling very, very emotional and just something had shifted in my heart. I don't know what it was. And so usually, um, you know, I wore a abaya and then I had my scarf on my shoulders. So I would put it on when I go into the mosque and then remove it when I leave. And that day I just didn't remove my scarf. I just kept it. And we were in the car going back home and my dad was driving and he was talking to me. So he turns back and looks and he goes like, oh, you didn't remove your hijab. You didn't remove the headscarf. Um, and I was like, dad, I don't think I'm going to remove it. <laughs> you know, he was driving and he did like this little moment where you just like swell. It's like, what? And I remember my mom just not expecting it at all. She just like turned around. She's like, what did you just say? Like, yeah, guys, I don't think I don't think I want to remove it. And my parents were just like very, they were, no one was expecting it. I wasn't expecting it. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, it just felt very right at that moment. My heart was just, I don't think I ever felt that connected and that tethered in my religion. It was a beautiful moment. And so afterwards, we just ended up having a really beautiful family night. And I remember my mom hugging me and crying because she never expected me to take such a step so early because I was like 15 and a half, 15 something, which is really, really early to take such a huge decision because it's not just a scarf on your head. It's a complete way of life. It's a lifestyle. And there are a lot of things that go hand in hand with it. And so... I think she wasn't expecting me to take that decision by myself so early and so out of the blue. (laughs) And so, you know, it was summer, we were in Dubai and all of my clothes were just like summer clothes. And so I had to go shopping for like more modest clothing the next day. And so I remember going to the mall with my mom wearing the most mismatched outfit 
ever. But yeah. <laughs> I love how you remember your outfit. <laughs> I don't remember it exactly right now. I just remember it being very mismatched and very heavy because it was like, it was a shirt that I usually wore during fall, but I was wearing it in like June or August. I don't remember exactly when it was. And yeah. And the, the funny thing, well, the interesting, it's not funny, it's just like, it's interesting. It's that, you know, after the moment passed and I just like sat down with myself, I was like, what did you just do? Qu'est-ce que tu fais? C'est quoi ton problème, madame? What did you just do? And then, I don't know, it was like this huge wave of peace just like washed through me. And my 15-year-old self felt very mature at that time for just going like, okay, it's okay. And I just, you know, the thing that made me fall in love with the hijab even more is how quickly I saw um, the effect it had on my life because, you know, it, it changed the way I acted. It changed the way I perceived life. It made me feel a bit more conscious and a bit more aware of everything. And it also changed the way people treated me you know, uh, in a very, very positive light, because I remember, <laughs> I remember going back to school, uh, I didn't really tell anyone, because I didn't, I remember changing my Facebook profile picture, like, I didn't go like, oh my god, I wore the hijab, I just, like, changed the picture, <laughs> and I remember just, like, going to school the first day, and I think, you know, my friends knew it, the people that I was friends with on Facebook knew it, but, like, the reaction was really positive and very beautiful. And I feel, I don't know, you tell me, because you were in high school with me, so maybe you, you know the atmosphere that I'm talking about. But I feel like it almost, um, how do I put this into words? Did it set me apart from the crowd, according to you? Um, no, I wouldn't say so. I don't, I don't think the hijab sets you apart. I do think that you're right in saying that we we are quick to underestimate what a like what a headscarf can do to your personality. Right? I, I do think it. Um, I mean, I obviously can't speak in firsthand experience, but um, I think it, it probably changes your way of seeing things and your philosophy and uh, yeah. the way you act. I've only know you with the hijab. I can't make a comparison. Right. Yeah. But um, I, I mean, first of all, it's not something that you um, notice right away. But I do think that um, you always had this sort of very humble personality. And in a way, I do think maybe um, this comes from it. I don't know. Do you yeah, think? How, in what ways do you think your attitude changed? I, I can't make a direct comparison because I've uh, only know you, known you. Um, yeah, I definitely think, you know, that down to, entre guillemets, entre guillemets, down to earth a bit more. Mm -hmm. And also because my, my relationship to religion shifted a lot when I was in high school. Because um, I just, I really held on to it because it was, it helped me go through, um, you know, a difficult period of life. And religion was like that. How do you say I forgot the word. 
um, your life vest. You can say that. Why not? It was almost like, you know, a life vest. It really, it didn't let me drown because, you mm. know, shit happened. <laughs> and so I feel like it definitely did make me feel maybe a bit more humble, kinder as well. It, because, you know, I didn't feel like I was just madam anymore. Like, of course, it made me feel more secure in myself. Like, I became just so much more confident, first of all. But I also felt like I was part of something bigger than just myself. It's like I was part of this huge, beautiful concept that I wanted to represent as bad as, 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 as good, as beautifully as I could. And so it made me want to live up to you know, great standards, being kind, being understanding, forgiving, tolerant, being all of these things because I was myself, but I also felt very connected to my religion. And especially since there were not a lot of hijabis, it's almost, you know, especially nowadays, just like wearing the hijab, it's a proof that you're a Muslim as a girl. Mm. And so you do represent your religion to some extent. And I really wanted to give the best possible image of what it was. So I think it did make me rethink some things. So I don't know, before acting, I would, it would sometimes cross my head of like, oh, is this, the, is this the image that you want to give to people? Similar to like how you, when you have like a cross necklace, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're seeing you know, being a Karen or something in public, then everyone, you know, relates that to, you're not acting Christ-like in a way. You're not acting like what you're representing, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Definitely. Is that what you were talking about? I think, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely the closest similarity mm -hmm. to it is like, you know, wearing a hijab is a proof that you're a Muslim and wearing a cross is a proof that you're... Uh, a Christian, or like, what's the name of the um, Kiba? Yeah, Kiba, yeah, yeah for yeah. And so, yeah, you know, I remember, uh, I'm going on a side note, but I remember the first time I saw an entire family wearing the um, traditional Jewish um, outfit. I don't know if, mm -hmm. I think it has a name, and I'm really sorry if I'm disregarding it or disrespecting it, but it was so interesting it was um in london at the airport and all of these jewish families were coming through and they were all wearing the same thing with the hat and the way they styled their hair and the way women were dressed and honestly it was so fascinating it was it was beautiful <laughs> we talked about I, I don't know if you remember in um, philosophy class we mm -hmm. talked about how religion had a vertical connection right it was a vertical connection between you and god mm -hmm. but it was also a horizontal connection i think a lot of people um hold on to the religion because not only is it a relationship with god but it's also a community it's also a um, um it's traditions right i mean i have never been to um mass or or a religious ceremony like this but i i can imagine that it's quite um kind of like a concert you know in a way where you feel, <laughs> oh, feel <laughs> you feel um no but I'm, I'm saying this seriously you you feel connected to the people around you even though 
if you don't know them in a way, right? You're all bonding because of this one thing, right? Definitely. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, because, you know, when, um, well, I've never been to Mass either, but when we pray <laughs> at the Mass, you know, mm-hmm. you're praying next to all of these, all of those other people. You don't know them, but yet you put your shoulder against them. So your shoulder is touching uh, someone else on both sides. And you, f- you, you get that feeling of being a part of something so much more bigger than you. Like you just realize that, you know, this is not just you. You have a huge community behind your back. You have a, a higher power taking care of everything behind the scenes. Um, it does humble you a lot, I feel like. Personally, it does to me. It just makes me feel very, very thankful, very grateful, very aware of the fact that, you know, I'm not just by myself, I'm not alone. And I have a support system to back me up. Yeah, I mean, in a way, I do wish I had experienced um, this horizontal bond, as you say, like this feeling of community. Um, I've never had that. I, I do think I find it in other activities. You know, I do think in, there are some other activities where you find a similar feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to ask you um, throughout, like over time, how did your um, relationship with faith and religion sort of Hmm. Well, um, I think as a child, I was very confused because it's almost like I had those two different worlds in front of me, meaning that at home we practiced the Islamic religion. And then when I went out and went to school, most of my friends were Christian. And I didn't understand, you know, as I said, why it was different, why um, even though it made us feel the same way, entre guillemets, we had to, diff- to give it a different name. And so as a child, it just, I was confused. <laughs> I didn't really know um, how to interpret it, didn't really know um, which one to really relate to the most. Because as a child, I didn't have a strong personality, I would say. I always wanted to just like be the same as everyone else and just belong and fit into the crowd especially since we moved so much. Um, So instead of just having to, I don't know, that's weird. I was saying that, um, yeah, I was very confused as a child. And then I lived, I got the chance to live in two Muslim countries, uh, Tunisia and the UAE. And being part of that, community um, really kind of made me realize that, you know, religion, even though it's the same religion, uh, not everyone applies it the same way. Uh, Everyone interprets it according to what suits them best. And so even the Islam that I knew at home was very different from someone else's Islam because they practiced it differently. And that made me do more research ask myself more questions about what is religion? Why do we pray? Why do I have to fast? Why do I have to uphold all of these values? Just like, why? And so I started asking myself all of these questions. Um, I got an answer. I'm 
I'm really lucky for the fact that my parents were always very open to dialogue. Um, they always answered my questions, um, gave me scientific proof when it was there to back up their arguments, um, which is on a side note, which is something very important because I feel like science and religion are, you know, based on for the same thing, they complement each other. Uh, which really helped me just be more secure in it because it was backed up by by physical evidence that I could really understand and envision. And then I think the biggest um, thing, you know, the biggest event that really impacted my relationship to religion was definitely, you know, losing my mom because she was my pillar. She was our entire family's pillar especially when you grew up abroad and you're moving every two to three years and your surroundings change all the time, the people around you change all the time, you really just get used to being with your family. You get used to always, I got used to always being with my parents and my brothers and later on my sister. And it was hard losing my mom, especially because that's my mom. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so, you know, religion was, as I mentioned, that, I forgot the name again. What was it? Life Vest. Yeah. Oh, Life Vest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was that thing that really kept my head on over water that didn't let me drown because, you know, as you said earlier, religion shifts your perspective on life and death. And so I believe that there is life after death. And I believe that, you know, everything that is happening is the best possible option so i knew that my mom had to stop living because she was in pain and it was bringing her more much more pain than anything else and i didn't have to be selfish and just hold on to her um when she could stop feeling that pain and as i believe in life after death i just had that overwhelming feeling of you know, that's the way life goes. Um, you have to go on. You have to live your life for your mom. Make her proud of you. And you'll get a chance to meet her again. And, mm. <laughs> you know, um, religion really gave me strength in that period of my life. Um, it really gave me something to hold on to, something to... It gave me a lot of reassurance. And it was, it gave me a lot of love. I put a lot of trust in it. And... A lot of things happened, um, you know, a lot of little life events as well happened that just made me really convinced in the fact that everything happens for a reason and whatever happens is always the best option possible, even if at first it feels like a disaster and the world is, you know, cracking open and swallowing you alive, um, it's the best thing that can happen down the road. And so far, it, it, it got confirmed, like a lot of things that I thought were just awful and were going to destroy my life ended up being a huge blessing. And yeah, so as I grew up, I think I just um, started to follow it more with my heart instead of trying to rationally understand the reasons behind it. Um, and so yeah, right now, I would say I am very secure in my faith, as in I don't really have any major doubts or any major questions that I ask myself. Um, and it does bring me a lot of peace and a lot of reassurance and a lot of 
love for myself, for others, and for life in general. <laughs> How is it for you? Well, I, I, I don't even remember the question I asked you, but that was beautiful. <laughs> that was nice. Um, I think it's like the first time I explicitly talked to you about my mom. I don't know. I do think so, yeah. I do think so. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever uh, heard you open up like this. <laughs> I think I think again this is part of the reason why we need to have this this discussion more often. Mm-hmm. Um yeah as you said I think religion especially because both of us have a similar upbringing in the sense that we constantly moved. Yeah. So our families was the only thing that we could hold on to. Right? Mm-hmm. That's why I'm very close to family also. Mm-hmm. Um and if you could find a, um, let's say, a, a common father figure every time you move, which was found in God or religion, mm-hmm. I do think that is an impact that um, I wish I had also, in a way, you know? Yeah. The sense of even though you're moving, this person is always um, looking for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah. That is, again, there's so much we have in common that if we don't talk about it, we won't realize that. Definitely. There is a lot of common ground that we can find with Mm -hmm. everyone if we just give ourselves the chance to do that. Yeah. But the, I want to ask you the question again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How did your relationship with, you know, religion and faith shift over time? Because I feel like you had a very different experience with that. How was it for you? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, I it started off on a bad note, unfortunately, <laughs> um, because I, when I moved to Korea and then when I moved to Japan, both the times I was in religious schools. Mm-hmm. So um, I was in a way kind of an outsider um, and I embraced that uh, of being an outsider in a way i think you <laughs> noticed when i arrived in dubai yeah but i think i i love being it because i was forced into that position in a way you know what i mean yeah. um i don't think this started the way it was um i don't think i was always into being the outsider i think when i arrived in dubai mm-hmm. i was um you know, a insecure teenager who was just a product of his environment. And so my environment had always been, okay, you're different. Either you're gonna um, not, either you're gonna embrace it. And that's what I chose to do because I think that's the best thing to do in a way. Um, Mm. But I didn't, I didn't approach that in a healthy way at all. Um, My my relationship with faith and religion, it really is a love relationship in the sense that Mm -hmm. I had a very strong distaste for faith and religion in high school. And then when I arrived in young adulthood, I think I recognized that I was just being a product of my own environment, right? Just like I had, it was, I was exactly the thing that I was criticizing, right? And so instead of just being behind my crappy talking points and, um, you know, spewing hate every time I saw a religious person, 
You weren't spewing. I, Come on. I wasn't. I was being, you know, a little bit aggressive. Um, I chose to, yeah, just just look at this like it's any other issue. Mm-hmm. Um, an open mind to it, um, and try to see if maybe I can connect with it in a way. And to, to me, this is one of the things that was difficult. Um, not having a, a religion that, not having like, for example, my parents not having a religion. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where to start, right? Because there are really, I mean, okay, of course they're the main religions, but there are really hundreds of religions in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I will ever have time to study in detail every single one. So I'm kind of in a position where I'm trying my best here, but <laughs> but um, yeah, it is a little overwhelming to start with. A, I mean, as I said, I I'm basically starting with a blank canvas. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know where to go. It is a little bit confusing, but it's also liberating in the way that I can make my own decision. As you said, I mean, you you did the same thing, but. It's going to take a little more time for me. I don't know if I will become religious. Um, maybe not, maybe yes. Um, again, I've changed so much the last, the past years that I don't know where I'll be in 10 years. I really don't know. Yeah. yeah. Time will tell. Yes. Yeah. Well, good luck on your little, you know, journey there. <laughs> 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 yeah, do you envy me a little bit? <laughs> Um, and I'm going through the same stages as you. Like, why would I envy that? I mean, I find I don't it, know. You, you, said, you said the discovery process was really gratifying. Yeah, the discovery process is, it's a cool journey. It's an overwhelming one. It's one that, it can be painful because, you know, you're questioning all of these things. And some of these things that you might question might be so deeply rooted in your education or like your society or culture that Mm. it's painful questioning it and going against it but the result at the at the other end is very gratifying and i also just think that i don't think it's a journey that ever ends um you're personally i'm still constantly in the process of feeling secure in my faith and i'm still questioning things doesn't mean that I question them once, that I won't question them again, because sometimes you forget and sometimes you need to remind yourself. And, you know, as a Muslim, um, I, I know that nothing is constant. Everything goes up and down and so does my faith. And that's completely normal. That's completely healthy. I just need to give myself reminders when I feel like, you know, it's not, when I feel, when I forget, I just need to remind myself why I chose this, why I took this decision, while also having the option to just, you know, go on a different path. So, um, yeah, <laughs> enjoy the ride. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. That was a really nice conversation. I really enjoyed that, actually. I really did. I great. feel like it's the um, the calmest one <laughs> we ever had. The calmest one? Oh, yeah. we've ever had? <laughs> yeah. In a way, yeah. I think it's um um 
maybe it's the context of the podcast, but yeah, definitely. it makes both of us. You want to sound um, good. <laughs> yeah, it, but it also makes both of us really um, think about what we're about to say, right? If, mm-hmm. if we're the repercussions of what we're about to say, think about, um, and, and not that I went soft or whatever. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. Oh, you didn't. <laughs> what's that? No, not like it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, that was fun, actually. That was really fun. Could I come back one day? <laughs> oh, do you want to come back? Yeah, of course. Of course. Of what course. do you want to talk about? We can have part two. I don't know. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of... Huh? TV? Wait, hold up. I'm going to mute myself. It wasn't working. I don't know why it's working right now. What is that? Is that the... Um, it's the other... prayer? Yeah. My grandpa has like a watch that gives the Eden on its thing, but it hasn't been working for months. It just, I don't okay. know why. Is this not crazy coincidence that at the end of our discussion, <laughs> we have this as the closing music? This is amazing. <laughs> it's like the poster that fell off last time when I was talking. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it just fell. That is so crazy. That thing hasn't been working for like three months. It didn't even do the Adan of like Dhar. Like the Adan before this. It didn't even do it. That is so it's weird. A, it's it's um it's the miracle of uh, your podcast. Wow. <laughs> How do you feel about that, Chiton? <laughs> <laughs> Don't say yeah. It's no, like that was really fun. That was really fun. Thank you for doing yeah. this with me. But again, we should do this more often. I would like to be a recurring guest, please. <laughs> no, but that was really fun. Actually, I did not see time. Like me neither, me neither. I just I looked at the watch and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe, maybe you, you maybe you can. Mm-hmm. We'll ask the the audience if they want you back. <laughs> no. No, so let us know, guys, if you want Tito to come back on the They're podcast. They're gonna call me cringe or something. Please. Like, <laughs> not like I can't understand what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tito, so much for doing this and for having such a beautiful conversation with me. I really, really enjoyed it. So guys, that was it. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I'm low-key sad that it's over. I just enjoyed this conversation so much. It brought me a lot of insight and made me understand things better from, you know, from Titon's perspective as well. And just from another person's perspective, I think it was beautiful. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. If you guys want to share your opinions with us, uh, please feel free to do so, whether they are similar or different, uh, just, you know, let's keep it respectful and tolerant and 
let's just hear each other out because this conversation honestly impacted me so much because I think this is the first time I truly understand where Titan came from and we've been friends for years but it's truly the first time where I truly felt like I understood his perspective and I understood where he was coming from so I hope that we can achieve this on a larger scale if each one of us just slows down and listens and speaks up their mind without any fear of judgment or stigma and yeah I think that can be a beautiful thing <laughs> so feel free to reach out uh, maybe you can send a voice note on anchor if you want to be featured <laughs> um, in upcoming episodes or on a little segment on the Instagram page of the podcast or you can head directly to the podcast's Instagram page it's called Le Petit Monde de Madame um, and yeah I hope you guys enjoyed this episode hope you maybe learned something along the way or maybe it made you look up a few things on the internet and you got to learn something new I don't know stay safe guys stay healthy stay kind and until next time bye